It's a new day and time for another NCEA podcast. Today we are headed to the Plains region of our country and to the state of Minnesota. Minnesota has six dioceses and serves about 45,000 Catholic school students in total. In the northwest section of the state is the Diocese of Crixton. While not the smallest diocese in the state, it is small. Crixton has nine schools and about 1,600 students. Join me on a virtual tour to Thief River Falls, Minnesota, as we visit St. Bernard School. I'm Laura MacDonald, and this is NCEA Podcast Lead, Learn, Proclaim Edition. NCA has a long-standing tradition of honoring and recognizing excellence and distinguished service in Catholic school education. One way is through our Lead, Learn, Proclaim Awards. The criteria for the award, award is based on the name itself, Lead, Learn, Proclaim. Individuals are nominated by others in their school community and recipients are recognized at the President's Awards Dinner each year at our annual convention. Joining us today is one of the 2022-23 recipients. From her principal's office, let's welcome Laura Brixton. Hello, hello. It's good to talk to you. Hello to you, Laura, in Thief River Falls. Um, I am going to guess most of our listeners haven't been to Thief River Falls. I am picturing, much like my current home in Sheboygan Falls, a population (laughs) of... (laughs) How big are you over there? We're about 9,000 and okay, we, yes. And uh, if every once in a while, if you hear me with a really long O um, or dropping an Ufta in there, <laughs> that whole Fargo accent, this is where it is. <laughs> <laughs> Northwest Minnesota. <laughs> well, it's easy to pick up on. There's a longer O here in Wisconsin and I've only been here less than two years and every once in a while, it comes out in me too. So good to know. (laughs) Um, You come from a household of educators and have had a wonderful career in Catholic education, but like many, you left and and you started your advanced degree to program and began teaching at a university. Tell us about yourself and what led you back to Catholic school and more specifically St. Bernard. Well, you know, I think it all started, of course, you know, with my parents, um, Don and Jeanette Cones, both of them um, are educators or, or were educators. Uh, my father taught at the uh, university level for his entire career, and we moved around and ended up in East Grand Forks, Minnesota, where my father taught at the University of North Dakota, where he actually taught business teachers to teach, you know. And uh, my mother, after being a stay-at-home mom for a little bit, went back and taught uh, third grade for 17 years at Sacred Heart Elementary School. And so, you know, that's kind of where my beginnings of Catholic education began uh, as a fourth grader, you know, moving into town and ended up graduating, you know, from Sacred Heart. And I still, uh, I was just, you know, just back there yesterday. <laughs> but um, it really helped to shape my life, and we continued that Catholic education um, tradition um, by sending our own three daughters to St. Bernard's um, up through fifth grade. But you know, I um, I that St. Bernard's was my very first job, and did first grade and fourth grade for a few years, 
tried to be a stay-at-home mom and decided that I wanted to be able to do both. Uh, came back to St. Bernard's, um, then ended up going for my master's because I've always felt that urge to want to do more, to always do more and affect more people. Uh, and so uh, that led me also to, to try to go, uh, I was accepted into the doctorate pro doctoral program in teacher education at the University of North Dakota, where I was there for a year and taught a few classes, working on the PhD, and it just so happened that the principal position opened up and some of my former co-workers who are just some of my dearest friends um, encouraged me to apply and i figured you know if uh if you go in the path that god wants you to go he will blaze a trail i'm not sure if that's if somebody said that but i think i should have it up in a plaque on the wall so you said it you said it how about that i, said, I didn't originate it uh, i'd like to take credit for that um but no so this has been um you know i started in uh, the school year of 1819 and then of course y'all know what happened spring of 2020 right around this time and so it was a year and a half into my being a principal and that hit um but now i'm this is my fifth year as being a principal and absolutely love it absolutely love it um and it it's a lot of work but it doesn't feel like work and i get to be here with my family and um my school family and it's just been wonderful thank you um so tell us about this gem, St. Bernard School, that you light up about when you talk about it. So I, I know it's the right place for you and your staff and students and community have to be so thrilled you're there. So tell us about the school. Oh, my. Uh, well, as a matter of fact, in 2025, we will be celebrating our 100th year. Woo wow. Wow. Yeah. Uh, we're very proud <laughs> of that. Um I have to tell you this really quick story about St. Bernard's. So they were going to start a school and uh, the old Knox schoolhouse in Thief River Falls was up for sale. So they thought, sure, let's buy it. We'll make it into St. Bernard's. So they had to transport it somehow across the river, Thief River. Mm -hmm. Well, in with Minnesota ingenuity, they decided to do it in the middle of the winter, chopped it in half, took it across the frozen river in 1923 i believe at that point got it across great fine went to get the other half get it onto the river and they heard the train whistle go um and the crew said oh we have to get back this is the last train of the day just left the school on the ice came back the next day the school is in the river i mean we have pictures of it it's up in my office and uh, <laughs> and so they had to prop it up let it freeze again and brought it over. And uh, so that was our first school in 1925. <laughs> uh, <laughs> since then, um, you know, there's been some different additions over the over the years. And <clears throat> we are currently a preschool through fifth grade. Okay. And we start with the three, four-year-olds. And we are in the process of a building campaign. So we're doing if anyone would like to donate to the building campaign, that would be great. Go to our website. <laughs> slight um, plug. <laughs> slight plug. Um, yeah. Also, yeah, 
started that before COVID and when it was $6 million and now it's 10.5. So, uh, but you know, we've started, started it into little sections. So we have broken ground, um, hoping to build a gym and a whole new early childhood wing. Um, but Thief River is a little um, hub in the middle of Northwest Minnesota. We have Digikey Corporation, and we also are the people who have originated and built Articat snowmobiles. Hmm. So that that's our there's our claim to fame, and <laughs> as as well as a hospital and community college. But we really you know we bring in people from around our area, and we are the most the furthest school elementary school away from the metro area, the furthest rural or or northwest Minnesota from the from the cities. Um, nice. But yeah, but otherwise, it's just a, it's a very special place. And most teachers have been here. I uh, the average I think is like 23 years. Wow, but that's the average uh, one teacher per classroom. Uh, we have a maximum of 18, uh, 18 students per classroom is, is what we're doing. We would like to be able to build on, but you know how that goes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> but All it's right. just a very special place. Under your leadership, St. Bernard enrollment increased by 39%, and, and this was prior to COVID. Um, you attributed this growth to multiple reasons, but it's clear you have been very busy and you like to stay busy. Um, let's start with your guiding framework. Tell us about Go Make a Difference. Oh, yes. So Go Make a Difference. It, um, as with anything, you know, we, we have our... Um, we have our mission statement, you know, and uh, our mission statement is St. Bernard's Catholic School educates and guides families to grow and serve in the love of Jesus Christ. But I wanted something that was just like an overarching theme, you know, mm -hmm. just a very succinct overarching theme. And just, it hit me in the middle of the night and um, go make a difference. You know, the song from Steve Agrisano, you Love know, it. go make a difference and uh, got to meet him at NCYC. So thank you, Steve, um, <laughs> for this inspiration. But it really, it also helped me to refine um, my why, you know, as Simon Sinek, and you hear that on the TED Talks, mm -hmm. refining your why. My why is to enable people to go make a difference in the world. And so we try to have our students go make a difference and there's make the difference in themselves, their classroom, their school, their community, their world. And how can they do that? Whether something very small as lining up quietly in the halls or something as big as providing um, a service project uh, to, you know, different communities around the world. And uh, service has really been a key part of that. Part of that too is uh, is just that internal part of trying to teach students that whole concept, but also to use it in marketing, where what is the St. Bernard's difference? Because I'm sure everybody out there in, uh, who teaches or is administrator of Catholic education, a lot of times they're presented with parents, well, what's the big deal? What's the difference? Right. Right. Why should I send my child here? It's like, ah, there is a St. Bernard's difference. <laughs> 
And so the difference is that we're able to, you know, weave faith into everything that we do. We're able to, um, to, and I believe, you know, and I think I, I, we've mentioned this before, but uh, Proverbs, yeah, I think it was Proverbs 26, where they said, you know, start children off on the path and when they are old, they will not change, change from it. And I think that's just really important starting children when they're young with those ideas and practices of, of faith, of service, service to others, leadership, um, in addition to very rigorous academics, hard work ethic, and being leaders and, and teaching them to be leaders. So I think the 39%, uh, that basically comes from promoting what we're doing, uh, whether it's marketing, word of mouth, and you know, trying to get that message out there. Thank you. So you mentioned one teacher per grade, one <laughs> office manager, I imagine, and yep. you, and that's your staff. Um, many of us relate to this model at some point in our careers, <laughs> and for some, it makes taking on extra things like grant writing seem unattainable. Give our schools out there some motivation because I know you guys write grants. Yes. And I think actually um, all of my fellow administrators out there kind of got thrown into the deep end of the grant pool uh, when COVID hit and all of a sudden yes. you needed to go and take care of all of, all of this COVID funding. Um, sometimes when it comes to things like grants or building projects or fill in the blank what the project is, sometimes a little ignorance is bliss and not overthinking it per se. Um, as my brother would say, just grip it and rip it. Um, <laughs> just jumping right in. And I think the key thing is, is being willing to take it a little bit at a time. Um, you know, treat it as, as an assignment that you give a student, you know, you start with a little bit here and a little bit here, being willing to ask for help, being able to, just because you don't have a professional grant writer, whether you're not, or there's not one available, that doesn't matter. You just need somebody who can kind of figure out where to put the commas and what you wrote. Does it make sense? Um, but I think the key thing is, is, is just to to go for it. I mean, what's the worst that can happen? They'll say no. What's the best? You get a $40,000 grant for a new playground. Which you just so, did. I which I just did. Yay. <laughs> and it's sitting under a tarp because we live in Minnesota <laughs> and uh, the ground froze up before we could install it. So, it, oh yeah. At least it's not in the river, like half of the school, right? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> exactly. We, we learned our lesson back in 23. <laughs> well, I, I think that's helpful. Um, grant writing can be daunting. It can seem overwhelming. And when we hear there's professional grant writers out there and we don't have one in our school or in our school community, it, it can be overwhelming. But a lot of times it's just get started, ask for help and go. I, I, I love the philosophy. Um, how do you know if your students are succeeding when they leave St. Bernard? Well, it's really kind of interesting, and this is something that I definitely recommend um, for other administrators who are trying to promote their school. 
<clears throat> basically, you know, we had heard from, we go up to fifth grade and we had heard from the public school, middle school teachers and the high school teachers. And you, you could just see, oh, hey, there's a St. Bernard grad doing this. They're doing this. And anecdotally, we would hear that they were doing a great job. Well, you need to be able to put that out there in a way that people can really understand that. And you know, people like a good chart or graph. Yes, we do. <laughs> yes, they do. So all I did is I took out the, um, I took out one of the high school yearbooks and I started counting. I would take things like the uh, varsity hockey team, took the total number, counted how many St. Bernard's kids, wrote it down. I think I put it on an Excel spreadsheet, figured out the percentage. I did that for all the sports, all the varsity sports, all of the high school activities. Um, we would always, we have a weekly newspaper. It's a small town. It's a weekly newspaper. And we always clipped out whenever our alumni would be in the paper and have that up on a bullet board. And so I took some of the old uh, uh, honor rolls and we highlighted them and again, did the numbers and we put it on a chart. So we figured out, we, so we separated out into activities, athletics, academics. And we figured out that we make up 10%, 10% of the graduating class over at Lincoln High School, which is across the street. So just, so if we're in any activity, we should make up, according to math, 10%. That's not what we found. We were finding, for example, um, student council. St. Bernard's kids made up 32% of the student council, including most of the student body president um, and the student leaders. We found out that uh, they would make up high percentages of the speech team, of orchestra, key club, um, high percentages of the different sporting teams. And not just that, but like I used an example at Kindergarten Roundup, um, a lot of times they're the captains of the team, you know, and because they're chosen for their leadership, for their character, and we see that over and over again. We have, um, they don't have necessarily a valedictorian, salutatorian, they have um, highest honors, and those are the speakers for graduation. Typically, they have anywhere from six to eight. And I know just a couple of years ago, we had four of the six. Four of the six were, were from St. Bernard's. Homecoming Queen, um, the Snowfest King, <laughs> student body president, and four of the six valedictorians. So it's kind of like, it's stuff like that. When you put that on a graph and you show that to prospective parents, there, there's the proof right there. And all it did was it took a half hour of my time going through a yearbook. And and great to know what they're doing when they leave as well. Very rewarding yes. to know. Yes. <laughs> my babies, you know. Yes. <laughs> See my babies grow up. Seriously. Laura has, Laura has her hand over her heart right now. I know you can't see her, but, you know, she's feeling it. So now let's pause for a word from our sponsor. Um, and when we come back, you know, we've gone through kind of in the spirit of your the award that you won. Um, we've talked about lead. We've talked about um, learn. And we're going to talk about proclaim. Today's podcast is brought to you by Catholic Faith Technologies. 
Elevate your online learning experience with Catholic Faith Technologies' cutting-edge formation platform. Our engaging and interactive courses and assessments create data-rich insights for organizational leaders so they can make informed decisions about their classrooms, schools, parishes, and dioceses. Learn more about measuring what matters at catholicfaithtech.com. Welcome back. I'm here with Laura Brixton, principal at St. Bernard School in Minnesota, and we are going to talk about how you show your school community that you believe in the mission of your school. That is so important for our administrators to have trust and faith and that people are willing to follow you. How do you show that? Oh my, I think the biggest thing is people can see if, if you're not there for the community and you're not 100% in, people can see right through that. Um, they know that whether or not you're there in their school for a short period of time and then you'll be leaving. I think the key thing is is to be a part of the community, attending events, um, being active in the parish, and um, being able to fully make the area, your home, um, your community, and, and and being aware of that. I believe that um, a big thing, too, is ensuring that people, whether it's your school advisory council, your uh, educators, your uh, staff, uh, whatever the case may be, that they feel like they have a part of this. This is not a Laura Brixton or the principal top-down, this is what I believe, you're doing it. it it's not that. It's definitely a, um, from the bottom, a, a service leadership model. And the biggest thing that my dad said to me, and I, and I was teasing my mom, I said, I'm going to have a tattooed right on my arm because I need to rem- <laughs> remember it every day, um, was people support that which they help create. People support that which they help create. And <clears throat> that has really guided me. And because people are amazing and i've usually i might think i have a wonderful idea but usually like if i kind of throw out there and say hey you know um we have a a, an old playground set and what do you guys think what do you think we should do how do you think we should go about it what do you think and i mean people have a wonderful way of stepping up and and being able to bring their ideas and I think the key thing is, is it's very easy for administrators to just have their own ideas already fully formed. And when somebody starts bringing up an idea, you know, if you're just giving it like, okay, yeah, yeah, I know you said that, but we're just going to go with my idea. <laughs> you know, you have to be able to listen, but at the same time to give it that guidance. And I think once you're engaging people, they're going to want to be on your team. They're going to, they're going to take up the mantle, and they're going to go and support you and your school, and they're going to just take it and run. And so I think, you know, it's all about building that community, embracing the community, and having people uh, take ownership. That's great. So you have done a phenomenal job supporting your school's mission and vision. It's very clear. Um, What about 
social media channels because I know you're very active with social media as well. Tell us what that looks like. Uh, well, I, I, it's different things where I, I wish someone said, well, what, how can I help you? What can I do? I said, I need two of me. Um, mm -hmm. Because if I had somebody who was just doing marketing, there's many times I'm like, oh, I, I should have gotten a, a post out about this or that. You know, I'm Gen X. And in our community, we have a number of people who attend our parish who are part of the silent generation. They're the greatest generation, um, except for my mother, who's uh, 87 and still is on Facebook. Not everybody's <laughs> on, on, on social media, but the millennials who are the parents coming up, they are. Yes. You know, so how are we going to be able to um, get targeted messages out to them? So uh, I need to give a big shout out to the Catholic School Center of Excellence he, um, in um, Minnesota, Cisco. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, they have been instrumental. Uh, training, training has been huge. Any administrator out there can find any sort of, find any training out there having to do with social media. And maybe it's not necessarily about school, it could be just businesses. Get to know things like uh, Facebook Meta, so you can schedule Instagram and Facebook posts in the future. So you can spend an hour getting a month's worth of stuff done. Um, boosting your uh, message, that's one of the features on Facebook, turning it into an ad so it's reaching other people who aren't just Laura Brixen's friends or St. <laughs> Bernard's Page friends. You know, putting it out there. Um, one of the things, and different people have different ideas about TikTok. I happen to be, I happen to love it and slightly addicted to it. But um, one of the things we did a couple times is I know there was a fifth grade girl and I said, hey, I want a first day of school TikTok. You know, and this is nice. going to, I, I want to see it, you know. Right. Here's my phone. I gave her my phone and said, have at it. You know, I said, before you publish it, you know, I need to see it. And she just hit it out of the park and she did it in about 10 minutes. And it was wonderful. So, you know, it's one of those things where other people can help with your social media. Um, other things with social media that I found, uh, two in particular resources that I've, I, I'm using this word addict again, um, Canva, and mm -hmm. now ChatGPT. Um, if you are not familiar with ChatGPT, go to the internet, be prepared to go down that rabbit hole, and it's all about AI. And I know I put in there, um, I said, Pro, um, produced seven social media posts about Catholic Schools Week, and I just put down a few details, da 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 da, da and I put and make it funny, <laughs> you know. I, and I put some specifics in there, not a whole lot. I just right. it was a general prompt. Hit start. Within 30 seconds, I had um, seven amazing social media prompts. You know, I've used Chat GPT for some speeches that I've given. Um, for some videos, I've created a video for this fundany to try to get um, lockers. That's my next thing. Um, and I literally put in there in chat GPT, create a script for St. Bernard's School for their fundany project for new metal lockers. We need them for um, a fire code 
and da 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 add a little bunch of things. 30 seconds later, full script with a little prompt saying, insert image of students in hall, you know, then some words, and then say, insert image of whatever. Utilizing, it's, oh, if you haven't done it, I equated it to like the matrix. Do you want the red pill or the blue pill? You know, <laughs> um, so using that, but Canva for all of those graphic, uh, graphic geeks designers, out there, yeah. designers, mm -hmm. um, and a lot of you are nodding as you're listening. You know what I'm talking about. I use that a lot um, to make things very visual and uh, to promote the school. So there's many ways of doing social media, but don't forget about the silent generation and Gen X still have those things out there in the local newspaper, have things, right. a big picture of your kids. They'll see that. Oh, there's my granddaughter, you know, there, you know, there's Susie's son and they'll tell their kids, Hey, you should check out St. Bernard's. Well, in most local newspapers will print something for free if it's an event that people can attend. And, and I, so I think that's important for people to remember. So I know when you set goals for your, your little school, you go big. Your school is on a local billboard in town and at the movie theater. Tell us more. <laughs> We don't have, we don't really have a TV station. Um, we have, yeah. Uh, so we have a movie theater. Um, shout out to Fall Cinema. And they've done a, a lot of work there during COVID. Wonderful theater seating. But if you, anyone who's a parent of young children, as soon as the new Frozen comes out or the newest animated movie or the newest Marvel movie comes, their kids are like, let's go, let's go, let's go you got a captive audience sitting right there. Absolutely. So we had um, a former alumni came in and made a video for us. And going back to Canva, I just realized or figured out how to do videos via Canva. Run, don't walk, go make a video. So but not easy. yet. Finish the podcast first. Finish the podcast. After you listen. Yes, yes, yes. After you listen. After you listen. I'm not joking. I made a three-minute video, and it took me like a half a day. Um, but anyways, but Cooper's was a lot better. He's in film school. But that play, he made a 30-second version for our movie theater, a three-and-a-half-minute recruitment video for our website. And um, we have used that. And the phrase, go make a difference, it's everywhere. It's on T-shirts, signs. People say it. It's that overarching theme. Um, so that's what they equate it. They have a digital billboard. And so don't be afraid to negotiate. Feel free to say something like, well, you know, we are a nonprofit. We're just a small little Catholic school. Any way you can help us out? <laughs> so you'd be surprised. Good advice. Are, they want to help. They do. Or they'll say, hey, you know, you can do a halftime promotion or whatever the case may be, and they want to help. They may not give it for free, but go for it. Go for it. You know, and I find that leaders a lot of the time are hesitant to ask for help. They're used to getting things done themselves. But what they forget is when we go out and ask for help, we're not asking for ourselves. We're not asking you to help me. We're help asking them to help our students who we represent. And for me, when I change that frame of mind that 
I'm asking on behalf of all these students, then you can't say no. You you have to. It, it just it just made me a lot more comfortable to ask. So I think that's important. Oh, I love that. That's exactly it. We had our gala during a blizzard the Saturday, and so a lot of times, you know, you'd say, "Hey, it's for the kids." <laughs> Absolutely. For Absolutely. The so. Extra credit questions, my favorite part. <laughs> Here we go. What is something you hope your students remember when they leave St. Bernard? Oh my, um, I think one of the main things, you know, the, one of the main things is that, that they're loved by us, that it truly is a family. Um, and they, many times they'll come back and visit and we'll still get the hugs. They'll be middle school, high school, college age, um, adults. I'm on my second generation of, of students now. And they still come back and they know that they're family and they'll ask the teachers for advice um, <laughs> to look at their resume. But I, I, and I think the biggest thing is that, but I also, the, to have that security, especially now in this day and age, and I know we've been dealing a lot with mental health and just having that feeling, but also to being able to rely on their faith, being able to express their faith, to have that courage to go up and be a reader for mass, to go to mass, you know, to when times are tough, they can say in our father, they can say, hail Mary, hail Mary. They can give it up to God. And, you know, using, you know, our teachings as a guiding force in their lives. So I hope that being able to do that to, so that they can then go forth and make a difference in the world, um, whether it's little or big. What is one strategy or resource? You already gave us a couple um, that no teacher or administrator should live without. Oh, I, I think one of the biggest things is to remember to have that sense of fun. You know, if there's a dress up day, um, I'm dressing up. You know, I, I think one of the biggest resources and big, biggest things that you have is is your staff, is your, your, your teachers, your family, your teacher family, your school family, and to support them, to make them feel heard, to back them up. Cause sometimes there's sticky situations um, and to be able to really help them um, in, in times of need. Um, I think, you know, going back to what my dad said, people support that which they help create. Being able to have, using that as a guiding force has been um, a huge resource to me. Another thing too is um, as a principal, we are so fortunate. We've had some wonderful uh, Diocese of Crookston superintendents, Andrew Hilliker um, and LaCosta Potter now. And they have done a wonderful job of bringing all of us um, diocesan principals together once a month because of weather and COVID. A lot of those have been Zoom calls, um, but we try to get in person once a month. And that's a huge support. I'm not alone. I know that right. I can reach out to those other principals. And um, 
I can, before I could reach out to my parents and say, what's your advice? Talk to them as parents, but also as they're professionals. Yes. And, and, um, and one of the biggest resources too, above all, is have a supportive family and spouse. Um, I cannot say enough about my husband, Patrick, and who has just been unbelievably supportive <laughs> and understanding. It's a special person to be a spouse of a teacher or administrator. <laughs> yes, it is. It's all oh, in the family. <laughs> it's all in the family. And my girls, you know, spending so many times in my office or my classroom after school or being in high school and they're putting up bulletin boards. Um, <laughs> so shout out, especially to Hannah, Grace and Ellie. Um, so having them in my corner, having that support and providing the support for others. That's the biggest thing you could do. Gosh, you're going to get me emotional. Over this. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Right. I was talking about that. Like, oh. <laughs> How about a book, a favorite book? A favorite book. Oh my goodness. Um, well, I was thinking one of the most recent books I read was Shoe Dog um, by Phil Knight. That was really interesting um, reading it as somebody in administration, somebody who just kind of goes out there and tries it. Um, one of my, and of course I'm going to massacre it, but one of my favorite um, lines is, you know, from uh, Teddy Roosevelt was, you know, the man in the arena, you know, it's not the critic who counts, you know, it's the man in the arena who is, who is there doing the work. And um, I definitely found um, Phil Knight's uh, book very inspirational. My husband's read it three times and he's like, just <laughs> listen to it. So busy. Most of it's with Audible, you know, listening to right, books. Right. Um, I think it counts. I think it still counts when we listen to books. Oh, definitely. And, and I know this sounds weird, but one of the books that really shaped me is Bread and Jam for Francis. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I, I know book. it. I know the book. You know yes. what I'm talking about, right? It's a little kid's book. I don't even know what that animal is. Is it an aardvark? I know. Is it a porcupine? I don't remember. We don't know. <laughs> Somebody's friend, dying out there listening right now, a first grade teacher. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I'm not joking when I say this has shaped my life because, you know, Francis, all they would eat is bread and jam, jam and bread, bread and jam. That's it. That's all they would eat. And so mom's, mom was finally like, fine, let's just eat that then. Well, then gradually she sees, oh, well, the spaghetti and meatballs, that looks kind of good. And, you know, it looks really great. And, and like, oh, no, you just have jam and bread. There you go. And so it's just kind of like, it really opened my mind as a young child to try new things, grip it and rip it, just go in, do something new, um, to try those spaghetti and meatballs, to try to apply for that grant. You know, who, what makes me think that I could be a college professor? Go for it. You know, what's the worst that can happen? You fail. And then you do it again. Any shout outs today? You've given a few. Any other oh. ones? I want to give you that opportunity. Um, first and foremost, um, you know, definitely to our Lord, to God, um, because, you know, when you're on the path, he will guide you. Uh, I, many, many times I, I've start, started the day with the Memorare. Um, 
with him, you know, and you can do all things through him. And um, that being said, just the huge support from my husband, Patrick, and my girls, Hannah Grace and Eleanor, and wanting to be an inspiration for them and them being an inspiration for me. For sure, my parents, um, my mother, the third grade teacher, my father who passed away, um, but was just tickled pink that I was, you know, in this position. And he always had advice for me and my siblings who continuously inspired me, but um, staff, the faculty here at St. Bernard's, um, my friends, I, I want to have a special shout out to the office administrator who is on the other side of this wall. Um, first is Mary <laughs> Cox and then Rebecca Peralta. And I said, you know, they're my right hand, left foot and whole brain. You know, so. <laughs> and uh, so a big shout out to them. They keep me sane. Well, but, I, uh, have no, I have no doubt, Laura, that you are making a difference in this world um, along with your team over at St. Bernard. It has been an absolute pleasure and joy. I'm sad our time is coming to an Aww. end. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I so appreciate it. And I appreciate too what you're doing and being able to get the word out to other administrators and to other teachers to keep going, to keep fighting and to keep um, doing God's work. Thank you so much. Absolutely. If you happen to be in Thief River Falls, Minnesota, I have a feeling Mrs. Rickson would be a wonderful host, but you don't need to travel to Minnesota. To congratulate Laura or any of these other honorees, you can meet her at NCEA 2023 in Dallas. I know I can't wait to congratulate you in person, Laura. Um, thank you to our NCEA podcast listeners. Don't forget, the most valuable resource we have is each other. Do you or someone you know have something worth sharing? I know you do. Um, you could be visiting your diocese and we could be introducing you as our next podcast guest. Thank you. Mm -hmm.